welcome to mini episode nine of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? Are you ready for some spooky stories this week? I don't know. Maybe. I'm hoping there's not going to be any haunted dolls or toys or anything like that. You've or had maybe a bit a of a story about mirrors. I feel a bit ruffled. You have a bit of a had have had a bit of a run of things to really scare you. But yeah. we are going to be doing alien abduction stories in the next couple of weeks, so it's yes. my turn to feel traumatized. Yes. I thought it was only fair to balance things out. <laughs> that was me saying yes, by the way, not a weird ghostly noise. <laughs> are you ready for story number one? I'm never ready for these things, but go for it. Story number one comes from John. So it all started in October 2018. I was decorating for Halloween. I'd made a scarecrow and a wooden coffin and had lights and spiders around the front yard. I decided to make a headstone for the coffin and to write on the headstone in Latin. So I googled some scary Latin sayings and wrote what I found. One translated to join us which later someone told me is used to invite demons into your house. Oh my gosh. Within a week of me putting up that headstone, weird stuff started happening. My wife and I were sitting at the kitchen table and we saw something small and tan run by the doorway going into the hall. We both looked at each other and said, Did you just see that? It looked like a small brown dog, but it ran so fast it was just a blur. We searched the house and found nothing that could have explained it. Soon after that, my daughter, who was two at the time, started having nightmares. She had never had nightmares before and had never seen anything scary but kept having nightmares about things in her closet or things coming through her window. She got to the point where she wouldn't sleep in her room anymore and my wife would have to stay up with her until 2am and we had to move her back into our bedroom. One night I was in bed and my wife was in the living room watching movies with my daughter and I felt someone get onto the bed with me. I turned and started to say something to my wife thinking it was her but there was nothing there. Things would fall off the kitchen cabinets and small stuff like that was happening all the time. Once I got rid of the headstone it all seemed to stop until I moved in June of this year. But a month after I moved into my new house, weird stuff started happening again. I moved into an older house in a rural area in Washington. This house was built in 1946 and started its life as a feed store and was converted into a sort of a shop house about 10 years ago from my understanding. My dogs would start barking like crazy at about 11.30 at night and at first I thought maybe it was people trying to break in as rural areas are known for this, but I never saw signs of anyone. About a week after this started happening, I went out with a gun in case someone was breaking in, but I saw nothing, and I stood there for about five minutes, watching and listening, and still I saw nothing. All of a sudden, I see a shadow, or a black mass, walking past my vehicles. I head towards it, and it just vanishes. I tell my wife and she's kind of freaked out, but thinks maybe, maybe I'm just seeing things. About a week later, she goes out with me. And this time, she can see it too, standing by our mailbox. I didn't see it this time, but I go over to investigate, and nothing is there. She said it also vanished about ten seconds after she saw it. 
A few days later, her and I are the only ones at home. We were watching Netflix in our bedroom and we heard a huge crash like someone kicked in the front door. I started looking around and found a big shelf we had in the bathroom thrown down and slid across the floor three or four feet from where it was standing. There is only one way into the bathroom and no windows, so no way someone could have broken in. Then minutes later, cans of soda fell off the counter in the kitchen. Her and I both saw them fall and no one was near them. I'm going to put a camera up to see if I can catch anything because every night at around 11.30 my dogs bark at my mailbox where my wife saw the shadow. One night I decided to take some pictures in the area and though I didn't see anything my camera kept telling me there was one person in the shot. My daughter has also had some nightmares and told me that she saw a black dog in her bed and when she went to pet it it ran through the front door. A few weeks ago I woke up at around 3am and had a piece of yarn wrapped around my neck three or four times. And now, no matter how much I roll at night, I don't think I could have wrapped it around me like that. At around 7.43pm, on July the 31st, I saw it again. But this time, it was in my house. Mm, Get out. So in my temporary bedroom, there is a large window that for some reason looks into the living room. It's about six foot off the living room floor. I was sitting on my bed with my daughter watching a show on YouTube and my wife was outside getting laundry off the line when I saw a head walk by the window just like someone had walked by. I run outside and asked my wife if she just walked by and she said, no, I've been outside for five minutes. Plus, she's five foot two and I had her walk by afterwards and I couldn't see her head. When I went out to ask her if she walked through, I didn't see anything in the house at all. No shadow or anything. So it disappeared by the time I walked out of the room and down four stairs to the living room. A week or two later and we were in bed. I was sleeping and my wife was reading. She said she saw a shadow reach out for the door that leads into the garage and then disappear. Another time I was chopping vegetables for dinner and thought my wife walked up to me because all the light was blocked from my left side. I looked over and she wasn't there. She was across the house setting the table for dinner. In October 2019, my friend, who's a sceptic, and his wife came over, and I told them about the encounters. So we started exploring around a bit to see if we could see any shadows. Across the street from my house is a grain elevator, and even though it looks like any other grain elevator... It kind of has this weird, creepy vibe to it. My friend, T, decided to walk over to it at around 10pm. He walked over alone while my wife, T's wife, and myself talked in front of the yard. We see T walk back, and he looks pale. And he says he saw a really long, bony hand, with long, bony fingers, and a really long arm reach around the corner of the grain silo, about eight or nine feet off the ground. And he shined a flashlight at it and it disappeared. He has never believed in the paranormal or anything like that and he wasn't making it up because we could all tell that he was genuinely scared. We were all curious, so he and I walked back over to the area and we both saw a head look around the corner really quick 
We kept hearing footsteps behind us and we would get these cold patches where the air felt much colder than the air around it. We would get covered in goosebumps. We walked for about 10 minutes along the train tracks and kept hearing noises and asking each other if we both heard them. We went and got our wives. We didn't tell them what we saw or felt and brought them over and they both said it felt way colder in certain spots and they kept getting goosebumps too. At one point, I swear I felt something brush against my hand. Afterwards, we were standing in my front yard and I told T what he saw kind of sounded like a skinwalker or a wendigo and started showing him drawings and he got freaked out and he said that's exactly what he saw. We went back over once more to see if we could see any sign of it and he freaked out and looked pale and sweaty and swears he saw a glowing yellow eye about nine feet off the ground peering around the building where he and I saw what looked like a head. Like I said, he's super sceptical and after this he was terrified and sweating and looking flushed. I don't know what he saw or what we heard but it wasn't animals because it would only be a few footsteps that would stop soon after we did and whatever he saw was definitely around nine foot tall. We even tried to recreate what he saw with the hand but neither of us could reach that high. We both had this feeling of dread and being watched the whole time we were walking on the tracks. We were all sober at the time too, no drinking or drugs of any kind. I do live about 5-10 to miles from a mass Native American slaughter site from the 1800s and a battlefield. The day after we heard footsteps walking down the stairs and glass clanking like the shelves with the cups were being shaken but nothing was moving. Not much other stuff has happened since then, other than black spots or shadows in the corner of your eye. It's that peeking around the corner oh, again. No, isn't it? it's that big fucking skinwalker really hand. Yeah. Oh, I can't. That is the kind of thing I'd do though, right? Think I'm being clever and like write some phrase down to try and freak other people out and then actually then get possessed. Yeah, I like that. That actually made the hair stand on on end on my arms. It's peeking and... It's peeking and skin... Anything skinwalkery gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't need it. I don't need it either. It was a horrible story. I mean, it was a really good story, but it was scary. Because, yeah, no, not with that at all. I hate the idea of the camera picking up a person as well. <gasps> Keep going, there's one person in your picture, there's one person. I know what it means by that. Obviously, it doesn't say that. It's the little thing on the screen, but... oh. It's just awful. Uh, jog on. It's like when, you know, when um, Snapchat filters like misfire and they put the filter on the yeah. space to the side of you. Oh, gross. <laughs> it's just, it's just really awful. And I don't know, I don't know how I would cope mentally if I saw some sort of creature. I really think it freaks me out more than ghosts. Because I think with a ghost, like, if we came downstairs and all the cupboards were open or stuff was falling off the shelves or whatever, I'd always be like, okay, it's scary, but there's obviously a logical explanation. And I just wouldn't think twice about it. But if I saw a big bony hand, like, nine foot off the ground peering around a building, 
I'd been like, A, the BFG was obviously real. And... The BFG is nice. B, I would probably think I was having some sort of nervous breakdown. Yeah, but if I was standing next to you and I saw it as well, then... If you were standing next to me and you saw it as well, I'd be like, babe, we are... We're leaving. We're going into hiding. The thing is with creatures, oh, though... I just can't. I feel like even if you end up on the losing side, you could have a fair go at the physical. Do you know what I mean? Particularly if you live somewhere where you can buy a gun. Yeah, that's true. You, could, like you, you can, can have, have a, a good You can goal. have a go back. You might lose, but you at least you can have a go back. Whereas when it's spiritual, I'm like, I don't know what you do with this. Just have a go anyway. <laughs> yeah, you just end up knocking yourself out trying to punch them out. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't down with that story because of the creeping and the peeping and the seeping <laughs> and the sweeping. And are you ready for another story? No. Our second story comes from Christopher. In my early 20s, in around 1990, I lived with my mother in a small Midwestern farm town in Illinois, where I worked as a job in between college semesters. Although we lived on a property with lovely scenery and plenty of wildlife, I wasn't particularly happy there, as let's face it, what guy in his 20s wants to live with his mom? For me, it was just a means to an end. Nevertheless, my mom was, and continues to be, a history buff with a focus on the Civil War, which often meant taking to exploring local small cemeteries, which told the story of local settlers dating back to the early 19th century. After one such trip, one day my mother told me of visiting a small graveyard about 15 minutes from our home, where while reading the headstones, she described being overcome by an intense feeling of rage, which then faded as she walked on. Confused, she then explained having walked back along the same row of stones when the anger reoccurred, but was most acute at one particular grave. Apparently, it belonged to a local doctor who died decades earlier. As I shared my mother's interest in history and the supernatural, she asked me to revisit the cemetery with her to verify if her experience was truly paranormal or just emotions running amok in her head. Upon arriving at the gravesite, I stood in front of the doctor's stone. I felt no anger, no sadness, and nothing unusual. Still, having grown up in a family in which some maternal relatives, usually women, quietly discussed their sensitivities to the supernatural, I believed my mom's story. In fact, I'm a firm believer that sensitivity can run in families. Fast forward to later that summer. One Sunday, my grandmother came to visit, and beforehand, my mother privately suggested we try an experiment, stopping at the gravestone, she noted, to see if my grandmother would respond to the angry stone. On its face, the suggestion contained no spooky context, as, like my mother and I, my grandmother shared an interest in cemeteries as history. But before we left, my mom asked me to keep quiet about the angry stone, as not to tip off my grandmother about anything odd about the location. Shortly after lunch, we piled out into the car at the cemetery and began milling about the yard, which was peaceful and well-kept. Quietly, my mother and I began making our way over to the angry stone in its corner of the site, while my grandmother kept her distance on the far side. After several minutes, my mom yelled over, Hey, mom, come and see this. To which my grandmother replied, I'm not coming over there, prompting a laugh from my mom. She knows. Curious, I jogged over to my grandmother to ask her what was the matter. 
She then pointed at the general area of the angry stone and said, That man over there, he killed somebody. Although this was one of the most profound supernatural experiences of my life, ironically, the day in question could not have been less creepy. With lovely blue skies and a pleasant breeze, the total opposite of stereotypical haunted sights set in an ominous air. But considering my grandmother has never previously visited the cemetery, I'm at a total loss as to explain her reaction other than her sensitivity being far stronger than any member of my family. For the record, up until this writing, I still don't share those abilities. Something for which I'm very grateful. As for the angry stone, I never researched whom it belongs to. But if the doctor beneath it did commit murder, as my grandmother insisted, I'm guessing he was never arrested for any crime. But the matter is definitely worth investigating. That's cool. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's very cool. It's cool that the grandmother got it without being prompted or anything as well. And you just wouldn't go over there because you sense it. That's really cool. I went to a pioneerist cemetery when I was in Eugene in Oregon. And it was just, I was really, like, it really struck me. I don't know why, because I've been in loads of cemeteries with old graves in it. But it was just like, these people died when this was like nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was literally, they'd just been discovered. Like, these were the first people to, like, these were the first, like, European people to set foot in this area. And it was just like a really, it just had a really, like, vibe to it. Well, it's very modern, isn't it? Like, that's, that, I can't get my head around that. Like, our local pub was built in the 12th century. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the weirdest thing in the world. And then there's, like, oh, there's so much of 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 America that is so new to European settlers. And I'm fully aware that, like, obviously, yeah. the first people were had been there for centuries. And I get that. But things like graveyards and stuff are all so new. Yeah, because, like, even if you think about, like, any like any of the 12th century graves in in our city when those people died it was still a city do you know what i mean like it yeah. was still a place that was habited by was considered other people and had like yeah. dwellings and stuff like that whereas these guys that died on the like the oregon trail or when they got to eugene or whatever they were like the first people to put up like european settlements and stuff like that they were the first white people to be there and it was just so just, weird. just a really weird thing to think about but um do you believe in um, psychic abilities being passed down through women? I believe that that kind of ability is hereditary. Do you? Yeah. It's really interesting. Be lines, wouldn't it? I guess if you think like, I'm going somewhere with this, but I'm not going to be able to formulate it, so I'm not going to say anything. No, but go yes. for it. No, no, no. Did, no. You go for, did you say lions as in? Lines. Line as oh. in a straight line. I thought you meant lions <laughs> as in like the animals. And I was like, oh God, I have no idea where no, this no, is no, going. No, 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 no. It wasn't that bizarre. I was just thinking about like familial traits in the lines of your family. Like apparently I'm very much of the stature of my great, great granddad. Interesting. On my mom's side, like build and everything, very similar hair. It's funny, isn't it, yeah, how these weird. things get passed so down? If it's like, I know it's, that sounds really stupid because obviously it's hereditary, but it is weird when... But character traits as well. It's not just the way you look. It's like your character traits as well. People will say like, oh, you're so much like your grandma or your, or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And there and are, obviously, because like, I, I always have this argument with people about nature versus nurture. And, and, I, and I do firmly believe that nurture is the most important thing for a child. But I was speaking to someone the other day and they were saying that they had never, ever, ever met their birth father, ever. 
And then when they did meet them as an adult, they had all the same mannerisms. How weird is that? It's very weird. Like it's very weird. And he said that he had literally never met him. Yeah. That his mom and his birth dad had split up when he was like a couple of months old. He had never met him. He had a stepdad who he always considered his dad. That was it. Yeah. I just think that's so mad. So why not? Powers. Powers. I think some people are definitely more sensitive to energy. And I know I'm a massive skeptic, so people probably think I'm a big contradiction. But I think I mean, that you when are. you when you think about like like therapy dogs and stuff, like mm. they can sense that you're going to have a seizure before you, not therapy dogs, service dogs. Like they can sense you're going to have a seizure before you have one. There are dogs that they're like training to smell cancer. Like that's mad. Yeah. I read an article about a woman who had the ability to smell, I think it was Parkinson's. So they tested her and they got like a load of controls and they rubbed shirts on people with whatever, whatever. And she got one of them wrong. And that person was diagnosed with Parkinson's two months after the experiment. Cursed him. Like, maybe that's, maybe <laughs> she was actually just cursing people. Um, but so I think there are, there are ways of knowing that we just don't understand. Well, I think yet. that's what, I think that's all, I think that's the difference though, isn't it? I think we're all capable of it, but we just don't know how to interpret it. And those people that are sensitive know how to interpret it, what they're sensing. Because it's like that, like we always talk about. When you walk into a negative situation, you can sense bad oh, you vibes. Can feel can't it you? in the air, yeah. yeah. And that's just so. It's just understanding what you're feeling. There's always um, you probably you will know this as well, but there's a weird thing if you're working in a school environment and there's going to be a fight, you feel it before it happens. Did you ever remember that when you were in schools, yeah. where you'd feel it, the atmosphere would change, and you wouldn't know why, but kind of with years of experience you'd go oh I know that feeling that means there's a fight brewing somewhere and it's a really weird thing because it you know there there's obviously some sort of visual cues that are telling you that this is going to happen but I, it always feels like something in the atmosphere well it's mass it's mass uh, mass energy as well isn't it because there's always I'm told because I've never been in a situation but I've, I've seen things with people that have been in a situation that actually you when the moment the moment when a protest switches to a riot you can sense when it's a mass of people, the, the mood changing, the 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 vibe of the of what's going on changing from being protesting to being violent, being chaos. So it's just, I think it's just, I think there's that the empaths and the and the um, sensitive people, <laughs> you know, the people that are sensitive. Yeah. Um, it's just them knowing how to read the signs more than us, or just having the gift of being able to read those signs a little mm. bit more. I don't think it, I think everybody's probably capable of picking up on those things we probably just don't we just don't listen yeah. or don't and because it, it's like any skill if you don't fine tune it and don't listen to it it's gonna waste away but yeah thank you so much for your stories i really enjoyed them good stories if you i mean the wendigo thing was scary horrific hey i can't even think about it like I, i'm gonna have to watch something nice before we go to sleep you're gonna watch me battle wendigos until dawn i think oh <laughs> let me tell you though i've tried this is very important Okay, I'm we, listening. We got a new breakfast cereal. <laughs> this new breakfast cereal is called, what are they called? Donuts. Donuts. They're like mini donuts. They taste like pink wafers that come in a USA biscuit tin. All of our English listeners and Irish listeners and Scottish listeners and Welsh listeners and Northern Irish listeners, you're going to be like, Interesting. Tastes like pink wafers. Oh my God, get in my face. They're so good. Just said I'd let you all know. 
especially because you know my love of cereal i thought your comment was gonna be something wendigo related no i was thinking about cereal okay if you enjoyed this week's mini episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can follow Dan on Instagram at 50p Movie Club. You can follow us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. You can join our supergroup or LGS supergroup. You can find us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. You can email us your stories, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. And you can support us on Patreon for either $2 or $5 a month. And that is patreon.com forward slash Real Life Ghost Stories. And on that note, We shall see you next week. Bye.